0: I think one of the foundations of our understanding is that there is a biblical mandate for missions. So whereas you may uh, pick up or lay down different activities that the church is doing, you you may choose to get involved here or not get involved there, that we really don't want any member of the church to feel comfortable or feel like they are fulfilling their role as a member if they are not uh, involved in missions.
1: Welcome to the Missions Pastor Podcast, presented by One Child. One Child is a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. We believe that the local church has the message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. And in every episode, we highlight churches, pastors, and ministries who are working to bring that hope to heart places. I'm David Jesse. I'm your host for today's conversation with Rob Gribben. Rob is the Associate Pastor for World Missions at Shenandoah Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Shenandoah Baptist's passion for world missions begins with their love for the missionaries they support. I asked Rob to share a little bit about why that is such a foundational piece of their mission's focus. Yeah, it's a great
0: question. I think it really goes back to... Uh, our church's founding. Or our church, Shindo, is a little over fifty years old, was founded by Pastor Robert Alderman. He was our founding pastor, and he was a senior pastor, so to speak. But he was a missions pastor who was preaching every Sunday morning. His um, okay. his foundation really was he, he was a missions pastor who got to preach, um, and so from the church's founding, part of our DNA and the culture was just not that missions is something we do or something we subscribe to, but it's who we are. And one of the beauties of building a church with that foundation is it's not something you have to feel like you need to insert somewhere along the path. It's been there from day one. Um, Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, we we just recently— Uh, Digitize some sermons uh, from Pastor Alderman. And I was listening to one just the other day from, I think it was 1998. So some 24, 25 years ago. And he was preaching through a series and he said, uh, now I'm going to take about a four week break from this series and and pick it back up because our missions conference is coming. And I'm going to take the next four weeks, Sunday morning and Sunday night, to preach through missions conference readiness for our church, for our church's 24th wow. annual World Missions Conference. So the church from the beginning had a missions focus, but then 24 years into it, we were still taking eight sessions leading up to our missions conference to ready ourselves for missions. And so I think just that foundation has been so mm. well laid that it's 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 part of who we are. It's, uh, it's part of our, our DNA, our culture, as I said.
1: How do you think that that has made the missions efforts of shenandoah um, more effective and um, not just for the people that you support on the mission field and the and the organizations you partner with um, around the world but for your members and for the people why How do you think that that central focus on missions? has made things different than you would experience it at maybe a church with a different focus or a different approach?
0: Great question. And I think the answer is because if we're doing our job right, then every Shenandoah member understands that missions is not optional. I think one of the foundations of our understanding is that there is a biblical mandate for missions, So whereas you may uh, pick up or lay down different activities that the church is doing, you you may choose to get involved here or not get involved there, that we really don't want any member of the church to feel comfortable or feel like they are fulfilling their role as a member if they are not uh, involved in missions. And so I think that has made... The effectiveness comes just in the understanding that we are all on board with this. It's not a take it or leave it. The reason God has established the church and the reason why we exist is to proclaim his name among the nations where his name is not yet known. And so that's an all in everyone on board, not a take it or leave it cafeteria plan option for
1: for our members. So because of that. And because it's not an option, it's just it's part of who you are as a church family and how they, you've set those expectations for every member. Um, Shannon Doe has created or developed, I guess, uh, um, and refined over the years a a process that you guys bring members through in order for them to go. Um, deeper in missions and engage in missions. Tell me a little bit more about that process and how that works.
0: Yeah. It's, it's both structured and organic somehow at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, because no one is coming to into the process from the exact same place with the exact same background, with the exact same understanding, we need to have avenues through which they can onboard that meet them sort of where they are and take them to the next step. I think foundational to everything and, and I, I think these have gone out of vogue a little bit, at least in this part of the country, but I'm so glad that, that it's still a staple here, is our annual World Missions Conference. So in mm-hmm. the first week of November, from a Wednesday to Sunday every year, we set aside five days to really engage our members with staff that's coming in from all around the world so that we can hear firsthand what God is doing around the world We can be reminded of our own responsibility and the biblical basis for world missions. And then we can provide those avenues for members to be personally, effectively, measurably, uh, strategically involved in world missions. So how do I go from a church member in the pew who's never heard of missions to being a a, a member of our mission staff? Well, it it starts out and, and we, we, we kind of walk each of our members through five metrics, um, five metrics of involvement in world missions. The first one is knowing. Um, I'll give them to you all up front. Knowing, praying, giving, going, and caring. So knowing is number one. We want every member of our church to know what God is doing in world missions, know the biblical mandate, know the names of our mission staff, know their needs. There has to be a head knowledge of what is happening before the will can get activated. So we want to know, and we have to dedicate ourselves to the knowing because there's so many distractions and so many other things out there. So we set aside time to know what God wants us to know about missions. The other aspect of involvement is prayer. We want every member of our church Not just praying the God bless the missionary prayer, but having in their hands specific, up-to-date, real prayer needs as they're being communicated to us off the field in a timely way so that we can be actively praying for real needs right now. And so we have publications to that effect that monthly help us in our praying. So our members are knowing, they're praying. The next one is giving. Um and, and we can talk about this uh, maybe in, in just a minute, but every member involved specifically, tangibly to the giving as we are sending our mission staff to the field. We also want them to be involved in going, providing opportunities on a short term, an extended stay, and, and maybe even a career or a long term avenue. The last aspect is is caring. We want to be caring specifically for our missionaries. Of course, you have to know them before you can care about them and care for them. But as each one is knowing, praying, giving, going, and caring, their missions IQ goes up. Their heart is involved because whatever we're exposed to, we're an advocate of. And so the more we're exposed to missions, the more we're personally an advocate of that, and the more we want to be involved. So there's mentorships that can take place if there's a young person um, who says, you know, I, I really feel God might be leading me toward missions. We paired them up uh, with a veteran missionary or with a member of our missions leadership team here who can interact with them as they they go. I love to be involved as um, those students are looking at colleges and looking at, hey, what should I study? I had a conversation with a young man a couple of years ago saying, I feel God might be calling me into missions. What should I study? Uh, how, how do I prepare myself for this? Um, that involvement early on, I think, is important. Um, and then as they go, being very intentional with them every step of the way to help them make decisions that keep us in close proximity to where the church is being led by God to be involved and exposing those opportunities to a pers- prospective missionary so that they can be tailoring their preparation accordingly so that when we're ready to send, they're ready to go
1: and you mentioned that that middle uh, element is is giving yep. and you want every member of the church involved in giving and you know in the Southern Baptist um, world that's a, there's a huge tradition um, and and history of doing that through cooperative program through these Easter offerings and Christmas offerings and lots of denominations and churches do that mm-hmm. kind of thing well how is what you do taking that a step further?
0: Shenandoah has employed uh, a faith promise approach. To world missions giving since the beginning. And over our, our tenure, God has funneled through our church over $20 million toward his work around the world and world missions. When I came to Shenandoah, faith promise was a brand new concept to me. I didn't understand it. I, 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 so what, what is? I, I know what faith is. I know what a promise is. But how do those go together toward giving to world missions? And, and quite simply, every year at Missions Conference, we ask our members to not make a pledge to the church, but a commitment between them and the Lord that as the Lord provides in the year to come, that they will allow the Lord to funnel through their hands a certain amount of money toward his work of world missions in the year to come. So it's not a, a pledge to give. It's much more of an offering of faith to receive. I, hmm. I, have, to, I have to believe this. That if missions is God's work, then the resources to accomplish that mission are God's responsibility. So then how is it that I get to be involved? Well, I never personally want to limit my involvement in missions to what I can afford. I think God is able and willing to do far more through our members than what we can afford on paper or budget in a in any given year. Um, Oftentimes, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8 is used as a uh, a scripture we go to to help us understand some of what faith promises. In the Corinthian church there, uh, Paul says, for I bear witness in 2 Corinthians 8, 3, that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. A couple of parts of that verse strike me. First of all, you have to be willing. So don't ask God to give you money toward missions if you aren't first willing to give what you do have. God, I'm willing to give more than I have. But first of all, I have to be willing to give what I do have. And so I want to give what I have. But then I, I want to say, God, the world is a big place. The need is great. And I don't want to limit my involvement to simply what I can afford. So I want to pray, Lord, in the year to come, either through income I wasn't expecting or savings that I wasn't intending on having. I mean, who saves these days, right? What what costs less than we thought it would? Um, but savings that I, you know, I, I didn't have to spend what I thought I was going to have to spend, that God, in the year to come, I'm praying that you would provide X number of dollars through me for your work around the world. And we have hundreds and probably by now thousands of testimonies of God's people here saying, you know, the Lord laid on my heart a certain amount for the year to come. And I wrote that down, not knowing where it would come. And by the end of the year, God provided through what I had and then beyond for his work. And listen, as God does that, and as he proves himself faithful to that, it is a avenue of rejoicing, but also giving glory to the God who chose to use us to provide for his work above and beyond what we were able to give, but in accordance to what we had faith to receive. And it's just an amazing way for us to participate in his work around
1: the world in missions. Hmm. Hmm. So what has it been like for... The missionaries um, and those ministries that you support to experience this kind of engagement from Shenandoah, not just on a financial level, but on so many other levels from praying to going and serving and all of those things. What's that result been for uh, those those uh, missionaries and, and ministries you support?
0: Yeah. It's been tremendous in the sense that we are always hearing. I often am hearing how much of an encouragement it is to our mission staff when they are receiving from our our church members notes of encouragement, emails, Hmm. texts that aren't funneling through the missions pastor's office. But, you know, based on where they are in the world and the availability of communication there and the openness that they're able to receive – I mean, you know, back in the olden days where you could write a letter to a missionary and three months later they may or may not receive it, I can literally pick up a phone, send a text through Signal, through WhatsApp, through different communication platforms, and instantly I can hit missionaries all around the world. And because our people know the missionaries, and our missionaries Hmm. are on first-name basis with so many of our church members, that care and that communication can be constant, and that the, the needs that they're sharing back and forth. One of the things our missionaries often enjoy doing is not just having to give prayer requests, but know, hey, church member, uh, John and Jane, how can I be praying for you? And so that that prayer can be a two-way street. The care is a two-way street. And so that allows the missionary to really feel part of the church family and feel like they are able to contribute in care to the family, not just be the recipients of that care. So I think it just builds that relationship, that friendship, quite honestly. Um, it's more than just a nameless or a faceless, hey, here's our missionary that we're, we're supporting this this week or this month. It's a friend. It's a it's a co-laborer, a partner in ministry, and that that means a lot.
1: I love how Rob reminds us that the more we relationally connect the people in our churches with the missionaries the church supports, the better our churches will become at caring for those missionaries. It all comes down to relationships. We'll get back to our conversation with Rob after this brief message from One Child.
2: Together we believe extreme child poverty has an end and it starts with hope. Hope is a vision for a better future a way to get there, and the courage to try. And it is built through the church all over the world, coming together as one global community to help children thrive. We create a partnership experience that reflects your heart for the world. Together, we find the point where our mission and vision intersect to address the needs of children living in hard places. Together, we are a community that sees children as solutions, not problems. A community with the courage to go to the hard places. A community that gives so children can thrive. Together, this is us. Your church, a shared vision, celebrating global impact through the local church. For more information, visit onechild.org slash partnership.
1: Because Shenandoah Baptist Church keeps missions front and center in everything they do, they have a lot of stories of members being called to serve in missions. I asked Rob uh, if he could share any of those stories that immediately come to mind.
0: Let me just tell you about two young ladies right now who are in Thailand. Um, Hope is 21 and Maria is 25 or so. And these two young ladies uh, both grew up at Shenandoah, came through our Children's Missions Conference, which happens right alongside our World Missions Conference. They grew up looking at these missionaries as heroes um, and just really from the beginning have have understood missions through the lens of the scriptures and, and the emphasis here and um, They are in Thailand right now for a nine-month extended stay uh, Mm. with Liz, one of our full-time deployed uh, members of our mission staff. And they are serving in Thailand with a Hope Home, which is a home that is sheltering and raising uh, 11 at-risk young women there Mm. in Thailand. And uh, we needed some help. Uh, Liz was doing a great job, but we, we needed some help for a season. And I approached both of these young ladies who had evidenced before, Hey, I feel like God may be calling me to, to world missions. Uh, Marie was actually teaching at our Christian school here, teaching second grade. Uh, hope a college student. And, and as I approached both of them, I said, listen, I know that you already have career paths sort of in place. You're going to school. You're, you're teaching. There's an opportunity here in World Missions for a, about a nine-month experience. Um, I wish I could capture their response, even to the invitation. Just so excited about the opportunity to be able to go. For years and years, sitting and hearing and being willing, and then to, to be tapped on the shoulder and said, you know what? Having seen how God is at work in your life, I'm wondering if, if now would be a time for you to, to go. And both of those young ladies are about halfway through that that deployment right now and serving and doing a fantastic job on the field. In addition to that, we have several other couples serving in uh, limited or creative access places around the world right now, having grown up at Shenandoah, been called to missions from Children's Conference, and now serving in some of the most difficult places around the world. So whether they come in and they launch out or they come in and just tell me, I had no idea what missions was until I came to Shenandoah. Uh, We've just seen God really use our missions emphasis here uh, in, in really strong and powerful ways in people's lives.
1: What's that like for you as a missions pastor when you can look out at the congregation led by the Holy Spirit and say this person and that person and that person has expressed that God may be calling them to missions, which is something that we don't hear as often in churches anymore. And then you can also tap them on the shoulder like you did these two young ladies and know that they're probably going to respond and you're going to be able to deploy them for a season like that. What's that like for you as a mission? So
0: the, the, the Bible answer is, oh, it's wonderful. It's great. It's awesome. I love it. It's exciting. And that is true. The other side of that reality is it scares me to death because <laughs> I've got young people coming to me and saying, God wants me to go into missions. And if I'm not careful, I'll think hmm. that it's my responsibility to get them there. And I start hmm. thinking of, oh man, okay. So we got the, we, we got the, we got the parent aspect is mom and dad on board. We've got the, the finances, the preparation, the, the logistics of getting a young person or a young couple around the world. And you start feeling overwhelmed and thinking, how is this going to work? It's both, but it's also something that we set up very early on. I I love telling parents this at our missions conference every year. Our kids start in with us and then they get dismissed on that first night. And you just see this massive herd of kids leaving the main session to go to their children's missions conference session. And I tell parents this every year before they go. I say, mom and dads, if you are unwilling for your children to be called into world missions, then this is a very dangerous place for you to be sending them. Please take them home now because we are going to be challenging them from day one to be planning to go, but willing to stay. And if we set that up as a expectation or just as a mindset, then it's no surprise when these young people start coming back and saying, and I'm planning to go. I mean, I'm willing to stay, but I'm planning to go. So it is exciting. It's overwhelming. And, um, And it's an opportunity every time for us as a church to depend upon the Lord. Because God says, pray the the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And and we've always done that. But over the past several years, we've just been in an increased season of that. Praying for the laborers, praying for the laborers. Well, guess what? God answers that prayer. Go figure. He's all about laborers. And so right now, we've got laborers in different Phases of preparation, launching ready to go and uh, and it's a lot of work. It takes a whole church to be on board with that, but boy is there is there excitement when we see God calling from our church? God, you you stepped down into our church and you found within our family those that you wanted to take your message. To the nations of the earth where your name is not yet known. How awesome, how humbling, how overwhelming is that prospect? And um, he's just been good enough to allow Mm -hmm. us to see that.
1: So if you could give any advice to maybe a missions pastor or even a senior pastor uh, of a church that they want to become radically intentional about missions as part of the DNA of the church, not just another ministry within the church or another focus of the church, what advice would you give that pastor, that missions pastor?
0: It has to start from the pulpit. If the pastor has delegated missions to an associate pastor or to a missions pastor or a missions committee or missions director in the same way, maybe that you delegate, Hey, we've got a children's or a nursery director who's going to oversee that ministry. We have a student ministry pastor who's going to oversee student ministry. We have a a women's director who's over going to see women's. Oh, and we have a missions pastor who's going to oversee missions. If it's delegated, if it's, if it's a program that the church endorses, but isn't foundational and preached from the pulpit, then you will get your segment of the church. Who's real interested in missions or who comes into the church, um, already having that background, but until it is regularly, systematically preached from the pulpit, it will never catch on churchwide as being the foundational, biblically mandated purpose for which the church exists. And I I can't stress that aspect of enough. It's got to be something that is preached regularly from the pulpit, uh, or else um, you're fighting an uphill battle there.
1: Rob gives great practical tips all throughout our conversation today. Here are three important ones that I took away from it. First, the effectiveness of missions always follows the members having a deep understanding of their individual responsibility to be involved. Every follower of Christ should be engaged in missions in some way. Second, giving to missions should always be more than just a pledge of financial support. Instead, it should be an intentional act of faith that God is going to provide for uh, in order for us to be able to give. And then finally, successful missions can only happen in a church where the lead pastor makes missions the priority. If they're not leading the church toward this, it's an uphill battle. to thank Rob for joining me on this episode of the Missions Pastor Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Shenandoah Baptist Church, go to sbcfamily.org. And thank you for listening to the Missions Pastor Podcast. This show is presented by One Child. We are a global community of child champions that serves children in poverty so they can discover hope and reach their God-given potential. To learn more about how your church can partner with One Child to bring hope to hard places, go to onechild.org slash partnership.